the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Oh, Tyson, good to see you again. And I heard that you had a little victory that you just found out about. Yeah, really big case, exciting result. We just got an appeal back. We lost at the circuit level on a motion to dismiss, which we completely disagreed with the, the judge's decision. And we just, just moments ago got the appeal back. The appellate court said, nope, not so fast. Send it back down to circuit court. So we won on that. Really exciting because it's a tragic case where a little little girl, Madison, was uh, she, she ended up dying. And so I'm not going to go into all the details, Jeez. but uh, just because it isn't still is in litigation, little two-year-old girl. And I'm excited that uh, I was able to call the grandmother right before this podcast to tell her that, that we're, we're going to be able to get some justice. So go after justice. And so I, I, I'm just happy we're going to be able to get the chance to do it. That doesn't mean we're going to win, but uh, at least we're going to have a chance to go after them. So pretty excited about it. That's great. You want to go ahead and introduce our guest for today's show? Absolutely. Our guest today is Kathleen Martinez. Kathleen is an attorney. She founded Martinez Immigration. She received her bachelor's degree from Mount St. Mary's University in Los Angeles and her doctorate from Thomas Jefferson School of Law in San Diego. She has been practicing for over five years and is proud to provide services to the immigrant community. Their mission is to reunite families easily and effectively. Kathleen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Kathleen, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming a lawyer and then opening up your own firm? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I, like most lawyers, found my path to a legal career in college through like mock trial, moot court, all of that. So that's when I really decided I wanted to kind of do that full time as an attorney. In law school, I did a few internships with immigration, family law. You know, I kind of wanted to find out what I wanted to do. And I really fell in love with immigration with my internship, specifically in an immigration firm. When I was licensed, I went straight into a family law practice. Obviously, that was hectic at the least. (laughs) And so I started helping my family law clients here in Texas with their immigration matters because they didn't want to hire somebody else. So I kind of trained myself in that, worked for another immigration firm, and then decided I wanted to do that full time in the pandemic. Now, the pandemic was really why I started my own firm in a virtual format. So we're entirely virtual. We do have a physical office. We just really don't use it. Obviously, immigration is federal law, so it allows us to help clients in all 50 states virtually. 
With it being a virtual firm, what are some of the challenges that you face and, and how have you overcome them? Because that's, it's not the easiest thing to do in the world. Yeah, I mean, I think mainly firms set up with my employees. So they all live all over the country. So our entire firm is like a cloud-based system. Everything's on drive. Everything's on software. We have like 10 different software programs. Um, just the setup of that and going from being trained as more of a traditional lawyer to more of a virtual lawyer was the hardest part. But I can safely say that after about two years, we kind of got a handle on it. And now all of my paralegals are virtually trained. So I think that was the biggest challenge, but successfully we're over with that. Kathleen, I practice with my spouse, and if she were here, she would ask you, how do you get your packets out? So that's the, the actual paper production of, you know, USCIS is so paper heavy. How do you handle that being virtual? We have a UPS account. So UPS account, UPS, they pick up the packages from me um, and, you know, my paralegal's houses. They bring them to the clients, clients sign, and they, you know, they review them. And then UPS actually picks up the packets from my clients and bails it off themselves to immigration. So it's extremely convenient, and my clients are happy about that part. So I wonder, it sounds like you've got a firm that's running well and that uh, everything's kind of running smoothly. What would you say your biggest challenges are as a law firm owner? Oh, gosh. I mean, I think, you know, the biggest challenge, like I said earlier, was the obviously the initial setup. I think any law firm owner, <laughs> when you're learning how to be an entrepreneur and also marketing, marketing was probably the biggest challenge at first because as an associate attorney, you're not trained on how to run a business. You're not trained on how to market and grab clients. You know, you're was kind of trained in the more traditional model of you should just, you know, have referrals coming out of the gate. So I really train myself in a non-traditional manner when it comes to TikTok. So I do all my marketing on TikTok. It's all free. It's the best way to, you know, obviously get clients right now as a business owner. So I think that was my biggest challenge as well as, you know, employees, hiring the right employees when you've never met them physically, when you can't supervise them um, in person, all of it's done virtually. So I think that was probably, those two were my biggest challenges. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you brought up TikTok. Let's talk about it. What mistakes do you see lawyers make when it comes to TikTok? I have a few ideas, mostly about being boring. But besides that, what other, <laughs> what other mistakes yeah, so do I'm, you see? Yeah, I actually agree with that. See, I have a lot of lawyers who I, on the side, kind of train when it comes to TikTok. And I see a lot of them trying to be boring and professional. I mean, for a good reason, but it, it doesn't grab the attention of the generation that is currently on TikTok. I mean, you have to be like other influencers. You have to grab their attention. You have to have clickbait titles. You have to be entertaining and funny because people don't have the attention span to watch a 10 minute informational video with your hands crossed on your desk, looking like you're professional. So that's the biggest mistake I see with lawyers is not trying to blend with the trends and be someone who a random person would want to stop their scrolling feed on and watch. So walk us through your process, because I know we've had some, some influencers on before and everyone has a different process for when it comes to recording, the editing, production, all that kind of stuff. So will you walk us through, through your process so people have an idea as to how it works for you? Because it's not as easy as just clipping a video and posting on the internet. It's, there's a lot more to it. Oh my gosh. It took me so long to kind of get the hang of it. It was definitely a learning curve. Yeah, I mean, Instagram and Facebook's easier. You just make curated posts or you hire someone to do posts for you with information on it. But for TikTok, I mean, you actually have to yourself be an entertaining person. <laughs> um, you have to be funny. You have to be smart. You have to offer information in a way that grabs the attention. Of people. So how I did it is I actually hired someone from YouTube who's kind of a guru and influencer himself. 
he coached me specifically on how to make my videos trending, but I have to, I still have to do a lot of research myself. So, I mean, every day I'm on YouTube as I get ready in the morning saying which hashtags are trending, what are the most trending sounds right now and how can I use that with immigrant content specifically. So I, I'll use a trending sound and then I'll make it about how to get a green card and I'll just kind of curate it or tailor it to my content. So I typically film two days out of the week and I'll just take like four hours each day and I'll film like maybe 30, 40 videos and I'll save them all as drafts. So that way I'm not wasting a lot of time filming. Obviously at the beginning, it takes a long time to get the hang of it, but once you're good at it, you know, it, it actually doesn't take too much time. With immigration specifically, we're obviously very dependent on um, news because immigration is always changing. And so I'm always looking up the news that morning and seeing how I could update my followers on that as well. Kathleen, one of the things that I've played around with in TikTok is this issue of a call to action. Like, what are your best ways to get people to raise their hand after, you know, commenting or interacting with you on TikTok and bringing them over into potentially being a client? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, for me and specifically for immigration, I'll make very short videos with very cliffhanger texts. Like, did you know that you could get a green card from being a victim or a witness to a crime? And that's all I'll say. I won't give more information. And then all these people watch this TikTok and they're like, wait, I know someone who is a witness to a crime. I had no idea I could get a green card this way. I'm going to call her and I'm going to schedule a consultation. I also do a lot of live. Lives are so important for lawyers. So I'll do like two to three lives a week where I'll do kind of immigration Q&A. Obviously, people ask me very specific questions like, how can I get a green card? And I'll be like, I don't know. You have to schedule a consultation with me. So I'll give broad general answers and broad general texts on my TikTok that'll make them, it'll require them to schedule a consultation with me so that they can find out more information. When we go live on platforms like Facebook or even YouTube, we use something called StreamYard where it allows us to interact with people while we're using it. Do you use anything like that when you go live on TikTok or you just kind of get your phone out and just start going live? I just go live. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty like bare bones about it. But yeah, I mean, I just go live when my followers are most, you can look at your analytics and they're always like the most available around 4 or 5 p.m. as well as 8 p.m. So I'll go there and I'll just do a one hour Q&A and that's about it. And I have a, a, a link in my bio where you can just directly schedule your own consultation. So it's really nice. So I'm just like, click the link in my bio. They do it themselves. It syncs to my calendar. So it's the fastest, definitely the fastest way to get consultations for my firm. One of the things I talk to people about when it comes to TikTok and YouTube is you never really know which video is going to go viral or get more views. Do you have any sense as to what are some common characteristics of the ones that get the most views and likes? Right. So, I mean, you almost, it's very humbling because the algorithm changes every single month. So at the beginning of each month, TikTok will just switch up the algorithm and it'll even throw TikTok off and like pause the app for a few days for everybody. But all I actually, I will research what trending video. So I'll use hashtags in my niche. So like every Monday, I'll look up those hashtags like immigration, undocumented. I'll see the most trending video in my niche. And I will literally just copy that video and make it a little bit more my own. So right now I'm note, I just do my own research. I'm noticing that like five to seven second videos are the biggest trend with long text because TikTok really prioritizes watch time. So like you have a chance of your video being watched 100% if it's short. So if it's five to seven seconds and you have a really long text and it takes them seven seconds to read it, the algorithm is going to push out your video. But I mean, it's so humbling because it's always changing. Right when I think I got it, it'll change the next month. <laughs> well, as soon as we get done, I'm doing what you just said. I'm going to see what happens just to test it out. But that's very cool. How long did it take for you to start to get traction on TikTok? Because I'll be honest with you, like I'm doing well on Instagram, but I can't get like on, on, on Instagram, we're doing really well on Reels, but 
TikTok, I'm not getting any traction, and there could be a variety of reasons, but like, how long did it take for you to get traction on TikTok? You know what's so funny? Speaking of Instagram, I've noticed I, I used to ignore Instagram and now I noticed that they're competing with TikTok. So their Reels algorithm is actually better than TikTok right now. I'm doing better on Instagram at this point. But when it came to TikTok, I just made the craziest video possible. I did a video about how I was raised conservative and I went way left when I became an immigration attorney and it just shocked people. So it was, I guess, seen as like I don't know, controversial video, kind of a shocker. I hear I am like extremely white woman talking about how I was raised conservative and privileged and how I went super left when I became an immigration attorney. And it just shocked people. I mean, I think that's what initially put me on the algorithm. And then I just started talking about how I like standing up for immigrants and misconceptions of immigrants. And I think people really liked seeing someone who looked like me and had my profile really stand up for undocumented immigrants because that's not very common on that app. But yeah, I mean, and then I hired my coach and my coach really encouraged me to do the hashtag thing, do research, see which is the most trending in my niche, copy it, make it my own, use the same hashtag, same sounds, and never actually participate in trends. So you see those trending videos and most often they're not, they're kind of stupid, but I'll use the sound in that trend and I'll do something more specific to immigration. The Guild is maximum lawyers community of lawyer entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you will build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country four times per year. And in 2023, we've added a half-day workshop to each mastermind where you'll learn new skills while working on improving systems and aspects of your personal firm. Then take the hot seat on day two and work through your most pressing challenge. It's all inside the guild. To learn more, visit maxlawguild.com. You're listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Our guest today, attorney Kathleen Martinez. She has a big following on TikTok. I'm going to ask a very basic question because I don't know the answer. So you said you, you film your TikToks or you film during the day a bunch of different videos. And I honestly don't know. How do you post on TikTok and post the same thing on Instagram? Is that possible or is that what you're doing or is that a dumb thing to do? No, it's a smart thing to do. No one has time to just, you know, record individual posts for both platforms. What I do is I, it's a website called SnapTik, S-N-A-P-T-I-K. Don't use the app, use the website. And you can download your TikToks without a watermark and repost on Instagram. I repost it on YouTube Shorts as well, because now YouTube is now competing with TikTok. Everyone wants to be TikTok. So that is like the biggest hack when it comes to posting on other platforms. I love that. I wonder, how does it work when it comes to the lead gen and then getting them into your funnel? Because I I, I get the idea of it, it generating leads, but I worry a little bit about having to actually deal with all these messages on a regular basis. So so how do you filter uh, filter them into your funnel other than them scheduling um, a time to meet with you uh, through the link. Yeah. So, I mean, I do have a social media person like on my Instagram, just going through my DMS. I just pay her to do that, but we have an automated message. That's like the best way to clear them out. So we have, you know, basically anyone asking for immigration questions, she just clicks like respond automated response. And it has the link for them to schedule a consult. And that's, that either like turns them off if they don't want to pay for it or it makes them schedule. So that's the fastest way to deal with them. But it is a lot of work. That's why I literally hired someone to do it for me. So what's next for you? Where are things headed? What's going to change in TikTok land? What, what should we be paying attention to? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, just in general for TikTok, I think the, tr- the algorithm is constantly going to evolve. TikTok right now, I'm hearing is they're trying to be more of a search engine, so they're trying to become the next YouTube if they haven't already. So educational content as well as being entertaining, TikTok is actually starting to favor professionals and less relatable people. So they like doctors, they like lawyers. They're over the influencer blogger stage of Instagram. They're trying to get away from perfectly curated aesthetics. So people like us, it's actually our prime right now (laughs) for TikTok. And in regards to me, I mean, I think we're just expanding. We're a virtual firm. So we save a lot of money. All of my employees work from home, which is great, you know. And I I think we're just going to hire more and more and have more clients, which is really nice. Thanks to TikTok, I'll never spend another dime on marketing, that's for sure. When it comes to the the immigration practice, are you wanting to, and I know that you you can sort of practice anywhere, but are you wanting mm-hmm. to sort of have like that national reach when it comes to your firm or do you want to make it sort of a regional practice? We are not regional at all. I mean, I think we have clients from Texas just because it's a big state for immigrants, but we have clients all over the country and that's because of TikTok. So Not a lot of people actually know that I'm even in Texas who follow me on TikTok. So I'm constantly advertising my videos that I can help you with immigration in all 50 states. And then I'm virtual and then my consultations can be done over the phone or over the computer. So I think we're already at the national level. We've talked about maybe wanting to be more regional, but there's really no point with immigration. We don't have to be. So likely, I think we're just going to, you know, expand, but we already have that reach thanks to the Internet. One of my kids told me that young people use TikTok for a search engine. Is that true? And how does that work? That is correct, uh, because they're trying to become the new YouTube. So, you know, I don't know if you've noticed on recent videos, if you go to a trending video, uh, you can go to mine, you'll see on the top, it'll say like immigration lawyer. I don't put that there. TikTok does. So they're trying to make your video specific to search engines. So how you can do that better is a really long description with keywords in it and keywords on your titles as well and your hashtags. It's so important to put massive, broad keywords in there that people will search. It's really just all about SEO. So if you could make their content specific to TikTok's, you know, philosophy and their goal of being a search engine, you'll definitely get a way more viral very fast. All right. I want, I want to get your bold prediction here because Jimmy is a, I'd say for lawyers, at least a YouTube legend And so do you think that TikTok will overtake YouTube or do you think that YouTube will remain the leading search engine? So I just want to get your prediction on that. Well, that's funny because I read this morning that TikTok is now the leading search engine, but I'm not sure if that was correct. I was going to ask you guys about that. Um, uh, Because, you know, obviously YouTube has a different, a little bit more of a, you know, a different, I guess, reach, you know, it's longer, more informational videos, but with this new generation, I just don't think they have, they have the attention span for long videos with a bunch of ads. It, it irritates people to see a ton of ads on videos or they're just trying to get a quick video in the next one. So I think with Generation Z, even millennials and with our current attention spans, you know, I, I think TikTok, if not already, will be the leading search engine for sure. Jim, do you want to take a shot at that one? Well, I'll just tell you that it took me... 10 years to get to like 55,000 subscribers. It took me six months to get to 30,000 followers on TikTok. So yeah. for, what that, for what that's worth, the algorithm in TikTok land is just, it's like none other. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And it encourages people to go on TikTok because everyone wants a following. Everyone's kind of selfish in their own right. So every, you know, people join TikTok because they're like, maybe I'll get a following. Then they end up following you. 
the algorithm is just way, way better. Even YouTube shorts, the algorithm isn't great. My shorts don't get good views on there. Just Instagram reels is finally competing with TikTok, finally getting up there. But I think YouTube is losing its popularity. I don't see it being extremely successful in the long run. My daughter is in charge of our TikTok channel for the firm. And she's helped me follow those trends and do all those things. I'm just wondering if she wants to become a TikToker, what advice do you have for her starting out? Yeah, I mean, hashtags are huge to understand what your niche is. So if it's a specific area of law, um, to be following the biggest creators on TikTok and to be copying their content. I mean, we, we all do it. All the immigration lawyers, we do the same content. We just copy each other. Utilize trending sounds and really pay attention to the algorithm. So if you see that something, some video in your niche has like 5 million views, you need to be copying that right away using the same hashtags, same sound, and implementing lives as much as possible to kind of nurture your current following. I love this. I can't wait to re-listen to this episode because I've, I've already gotten some tips uh, from you that I'm going to implement right away that we're not doing. So very good stuff, uh, but we do need to wrap things up. We want to be respectful of your time. Before I do, I want to remind everyone to join us in the big Facebook group. And if you want a more high level conversation, go to maxlawguild.com and join us there. And while you're listening to our tips and hacks of the week, if you don't mind giving us a five-star review, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, help spread the love to other attorneys that need the help. Kathleen, before I go to Jim for his hack of the week, what is your handle so people can find you? It is Attorney Martinez. Just all one term, no capitals or anything like that. That's easy peasy. Love it. Mine's just Lawyer Tyson, so it's uh, easy peasy. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? So it's surprising how many times I've cited Jerry Seinfeld as one of my hacks of the week. But this one gets to a great question on innovation and how to figure out where to go next. And it comes from an interview that he gave with the Harvard Business Review. And the reporter asked him how he came up with his show, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. And here's what Jerry said. It's very important to know what you don't like. A big part of innovation is saying, you know what I'm really sick of? For me, that was talk shows where music plays, somebody walks out to a desk, shakes hands with the host and sits down. How are you? You look great. I'm also sick of people who are really there just to sell their show or product. So what am I really sick of is a great place for innovation to begin. So I just love that. And I thought that we, as we walk through our days as lawyers, as parents, as family members, you know, we can ask ourselves, what's something that's annoying me or that, that I really don't like, and then go against the grain and do something else. I really like that. I, lo I love Jerry Seinfeld. I think he's great. He's, he's like one of the only comedians that can make people laugh without, you know, getting like cussing a bunch and getting into yeah. a bunch of other things. So I, I, I love it a lot. Great stuff, Jimmy. All right, Kathleen. So we always ask our guests to give a tip or hack of the week. It could be a podcast. It could be an influencer. It could be a book. could be whatever you've got for us. Do you have a tip or a hack for us? I think it's more broad, but for lawyers specifically to not be afraid to not only use social media, but be yourself on it. I have a lot of lawyers who are clients of mine in my consulting firm that want, that are afraid to use social media, too afraid to be genuine or to use social media in a fun way and not have fun with it. Don't be afraid. You know, they're not judges on TikTok. They're just regular people who want to get to know you as a person, also as a lawyer. Uh, I love it. Very good stuff. And I, I think my tip might help a little bit, at least with this. So I met with Jason Selka a few weeks ago and he's, he's my coach. And so he was, I was telling him, like, I felt like I wasn't being as present at home and like with, like with our kids and everything. And 
He said, well, like whenever you go through your daily routine, like he's got this hundred seconds to success kind of a thing that you go through. It's not what he calls it. That's what I'm calling it. And he says to like visualize yourself <laughs> being patient with your children and being present with your children. And it really is helpful. So this is how it would help with when it comes to your tip is like actually visualize yourself being yourself and being that positive presence uh, in front of the camera or, or being whatever you want to be in front of that, that that camera for people on TikTok or YouTube or Instagram, whatever it is. So sort of visualize yourself and it really is effective. It's a, it's a simple, simple tool that's really, really effective. So I recommend it. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully people will follow you at Attorney Martinez. Lots of great information being shared here. So really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. See ya. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.